So today we're starting a new series called Hear My Voice based on the book of Malachi. Now, for some of you, uh, some of you may never have heard the name of Malachi before. Maybe you are not used to uh, church. Maybe this is the first time you've been here. Maybe been a couple of times. But Malachi is a book you've perhaps never heard of. Um, for some of you, you may have heard of it just simply because it's the last book in the Old Testament. Some of you may know uh, the gist of one or two passages from Malachi. Uh, perhaps the most well-known is about honoring God with our wealth. I don't know what you know about the book of Malachi, but I believe that God is going to speak to us through this autumn, through this book. Uh, many years ago, uh, when I was uh, in another church, uh, one of the leaders there, there was a, a, a young lady, she got saved on our Alpha course, she came to Christ on our Alpha course, and uh, she, as she came to know Jesus, she started to pray, and as she was praying one morning, she was asking, uh, uh, she was praying, asking God about the issue of of honoring God with our money and, and what's that all about. And as she was cleaning her teeth one morning, she, she, know, she knew nothing about the Bible. She was from a totally unchurched background. As she was cleaning her teeth that morning, she felt God, she almost felt God say to her, drop the word into her head, Malachi. She had no idea what it meant. She had no idea that it was a book in the Bible. So she went and asked someone who'd been a Christian for a number of years, and they said, uh, can you tell me, does Malachi mean anything? And they said, well, actually, it's a book in the Bible. And as she started to read this book of Malachi, this short book, few verses, 55 verses, as she started to read it, she found God start to speak to her through some of the scriptures, some of the things that God said in the book. God speaks today. God wants to speak to you today. In these 55 verses written two and a half thousand years ago, God speaks into issues that are still relevant in 21st century Britain. God's people, his church, have become complacent and lost sight of God their Father. That's what we were singing about this morning. For many, they've lost sight of the greatness of God and have become complacent. Malachi speaks about the integrity of leaders and divorce and other issues. The issues Malachi speaks about and that God speaks to us through Malachi are relevant to us today. You see, some things haven't changed with the passage of time. The Bible puts it like this. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Or as one uh, uh, Christian poet said in the 20th century, said history repeats itself, has to, because no one listens. The truth is, we have a lot to learn from this book. Malachi means my messenger. There's no other reference to a character called Malachi in the Bible. Some argue as a result of that that there was no one called Malachi and it's just the title of the book. 
Others, like John Calvin, believed that it was a pseudonym, an alias for someone called Ezra the priest. In the Old Testament, he was uh, uh, one of the leaders of the Israelites, God's people, uh, who were in exile uh, in Babylon and God spoke to him about going back and rebuilding the temple. And some people believe that Ezra was a pseudonym, uh, Malachi was a pseudonym for Ezra. Most commentators, however, believe that, that there was someone called Malachi, but he was an obscure character that we know nothing about. In any event, Malachi was written to a community of people, including Jewish expats who had been re- resettled, resettled from Babylon. The temple and city walls that had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar had now been rebuilt. Uh, and Darius uh, I was on the throne of uh, the empire, what was the Babylonian empire. The Medes and Persians had taken it over. And uh, the temple had been reconstructed, the walls were reconstructed, and God's people were starting. There was a group of them now back in the land that God had promised them. And yet the people were not in a good place. They were not in a healthy place. The temple was a disappointment. It was nothing like the original. The original temple built by Solomon was a magnificent building. This was nothing in comparison And uh, 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 the prophet, uh, an earlier prophet called Haggai says this, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like nothing? They they were thinking, this looks like nothing to us. We were expecting it to be far more glorious. And then God spoke to them and said this, In a little while, once more, I will shake the heavens and the earth. This is what he says through Haggai. I will shake all nations and the desired of all nations will come. And he was prophesying about Jesus. And I will fill this house with glory. That's what he promised to them. And yet they're living in days where actually they are in a backwater. The city isn't what it once was. They're not a nation that's been restored to its former glory. They are under... uh, uh, They've been held under the power of another nation. And they're struggling. And they're struggling. They're struggling to believe the promises of God, that the promises of God are, are, are true and real. Did God really say? Did God really speak to them? Many Christians, many churches live in the faded glory of days that are long gone. Many of us struggle when God seems slow in keeping his promises. Just like in Malachi's day, though, God wants us to hear his voice. And I believe as we set the scene this morning for the coming weeks, God wants to speak to us. And I want this morning, I want to draw out five things that God, I believe, wants to impress on us. And the first is this, that God speaks today. This is how Malachi opens. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. The word of God to the people of God through Malachi. God speaks to us through people. God's going to speak to you this morning. God's going to speak to you through his word. And God's going to drop things in your heart. A.W. Tozer, the 20th century uh, church leader and writer, said this. The whole Bible supports the idea 
God is speaking. Not God spoke, but God is speaking. He is by his nature continuously articulate. He fills the word with his speaking voice. Malachi is all about the God who speaks. The Lord says, or variations on that uh, theme, occur 26 times in the short book of Malachi. Around 85% of the verses in Malachi record the direct words of God. The Bible has a lot to say about God speaking. It's part of his character. At the very beginning of the Bible, God speaks. He speaks. It says, and God said, and it, and there was, and it came into being. It happened. God spoke and something happened. Right at the very beginning of the Bible. And as we read through to the end of the Bible and we read the last book of the Bible in the book of Revelation, some of the last words are again about God speaking. God is a God who speaks. He's a speaking God. God's speech can be creative. In Romans it says that God creates out of nothing. He speaks and calls things into being that are not. So he spoke into the darkness and created light. The Bible says that we were dead in our sin. We were dead to God, spiritually dead. But God speaks and calls us to life. When we put our trust in Jesus, we come to spiritual life. We become alive to God. We were dead, but now we're alive. God's words are creative. Jesus, who was the Son of God, said his words bring life. And when we read what Jesus says, it speaks life, it speaks. Jesus speaks what God says. So God's word is creative. God's word is powerful. It says in the Psalms that the God of glory thunders, Psalm 29. God's voice is powerful. And when God spoke, when Jesus was walking the earth, there was a moment and and people who heard, some people heard something. Others just said, it thundered. God's voice thunders. God is awesome and all-powerful. Jesus, when Jesus spoke as the Son of God, there was a moment in the garden of Gethsemane. The crowd come to arrest him and they say, Jesus says, who are you looking for? They say, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. And as he says that, I am, he declares something of who he is in God. God speaks of himself and says, I am that I am in Exodus. And as Jesus says, I am he, everybody in front of him fell down. Because his words were so, they carried such power. God's word is powerful. When God speaks, we see his sovereignty. What he says will happen, happens. When he says something, it's true. It's true. He speaks with authority. When Jesus stood outside a grave and his friend has been dead for three days and he says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus walks out of the grave. When Jesus spoke, he spoke words of power and authority 
and life. God speaks and things happen. Lives are transformed. Prayers are answered. Circumstances change. God still speaks today through his word, the Bible. God still speaks to us through this book today. And he speaks to us as we heard this morning. He speaks prophetically to us by his Holy Spirit. We believe that. This is what it says about God's word in Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's alive, it's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. When we read this, God speaks into our hearts and lives. He speaks to us. He speaks directly. God speaks to us prophetically. Over the summer, we were sharing about how we, uh, Guy Miller had a prophetic word for us as a church about that we, we were not to be a church that were complacent and that God was glorious and wanted to do much amongst us, but we needed to be ready. God spoke to us. God spoke to us, but he's a God who doesn't just speak once, he keeps speaking. He's a speaking God, and so whilst we were away at West Point, David Devonish, David Devonish is a, uh, one of the New Frontiers leaders. He's been around for a long time. Many of you will know of him. But he, is a, he travels a lot around the world, and he was telling stories about how when he's preaching, he throws out what he called seed, the Word of God. The Bible talks about it like a seed, and sometimes it goes out, and it, it, it goes out like a little seed, but it grows, and it, something happens. And he was saying how when he was preaching, he often would say things that were like seeds, and later he would find out the impact as that seed had grown. And he talked about one church that he'd been preaching, and he just said in passing uh, about this one church specifically, he said, God says to you, he's going to do something new. You're going to be a church that works uh, with the poor. You're going to do uh, uh, work, work in lots of areas like that. Didn't think anything of it, carried on preaching. Years later, he's invited back to the church. Years later, he's invited back to the church. And they have just been awarded the Queen's Award for working with projects that they're doing. And they introduced him and said, this is the guy that had that word for us all those years ago about this would happen. He said, it's a seed, it grows. And as he was preaching at West Point, he said this, listen to this. If you're in the church in Winchester, God wants to bring a spring season. Many signs of new life will start emerging in the near future. It may have already started, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, tell them it's going to be springtime. I want, you to, I want you to hear the context. He's just been talking about God doing amazing things through seed that he'd sown over the years. He didn't even know, but God worked on it. And then there's one church he mentions, and he calls us out, and he wants us to know that it's springtime, and we're about to see a new season of growth. Hallelujah. God speaks today. God's speaking to us as a church. Secondly, I want to talk to you about the God who speaks. The God who speaks. 
My son-in-law is, uh, uh, has got tickets to go and hear David Icke, the ex-sports commentator, for some fun. And uh, he's in Swansea, and he's speaking at the local theatre. And uh, it will probably be full of people who've gone for some fun, because David Icke used to uh, be a sports commentator. Um, he now travels speaking about conspiracy theories. He says he's the son of God. And his main conspiracy that he talks about is that the world is run by reptilian shapeshifters. That's what he's... So they're going to have a fun evening and go and listen to some madness. You see, people can say all sorts of things and they can genuinely believe what they're saying. They, people can make all sorts of grand declarations. MPs, business leaders, columnists, TV personalities. Lots of them make uh, all sorts of statements. But before we give them any airtime, we need to know the character of the person who's speaking to us. And it's why Malachi unpacks the character and the nature of the God who speaks. Malachi tells us that God doesn't change. God says, I am the Lord, I don't change. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. God is reliable, he doesn't change. He remains merciful, we're told. Malachi tells us he's a father who loves us. That he's great and he's all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants. Nothing is too difficult for God. He deserves our honor. And undergirding uh, what Malachi writes is God's great heart for us, his people. God desires to bless us. How can we be sure that God is like that? The writer of Hebrews gives us the answer. This is what he says. Long ago... God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, like Malachi. And now, in these final days, these days, days like today, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. The Son of God is Jesus Christ. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Sometimes we can read the Old Testament and we can get lost and, and think, what is God like? I tell you, our lens for understanding the Old Testament is through Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. Jesus shows us what God is like, the very nature of God. So there's a moment in John chapter 8. There's a woman brought to Jesus. She's been caught in the very act of adultery. They don't bring the guy with her. They just bring the woman. They're trying to trick Jesus and catch him out. The legalists are trying to tie him up in knots. They want him to issue the edict that she should be stoned. That's what the law says. And they bring her to him and they say to Jesus, what are you going to do now? Jesus says nothing says nothing. And in this moment, we see the righteousness, the goodness, the kindness, the grace, and the mercy of Almighty God. Jesus just does nothing. He starts to write on the sand. Then he lifts his head and he says this to the crowd that are waiting. Let him who is without sin throw the first stone. And from the oldest. The oldest goes straight away because they know they're in trouble at that moment. Because they know what their hearts are like. From the oldest to the youngest, the crowd disappears until she's just left standing before Jesus. 
And Jesus says, does anyone condemn you? She says, no. And he says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. We see the mercy and grace of God. What is God like? He looks just like Jesus. The God who speaks. Thirdly, Malachi speaks about leaders that don't listen. Leaders that don't listen. We want to follow leaders who listen. In Malachi, God has strong words to speak to the priests, the people who represent him, to the people, to his people, who stood between the people and himself. He has strong words for them. The main thing is that they don't listen to him. How outrageous is that? God wants to give them wisdom so that they can lead well. Instead, what they say causes people to stumble. Leaders should reverence God, stand in awe of his name, and listen. Right now, most of you will be thinking, Steve, I hope you and the other elders are paying attention. Are you paying attention, Rob? You're trying to? Okay. Of course it's relevant to us as elders, as leaders in the church. Yet because of what Jesus has done, the Bible says that we are all now priests before God. This is what Peter says. As you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. There are many leaders in this room. Leaders of ministries. Leaders of community groups in the church. Leaders in the workplace, teachers in classrooms, heads of families, parents. We are to be those who set an example to those we lead. This is what Peter says. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That means we should be careful about what we say. We need to be those who listen to what God says and clearly repeat just what God has said, not just our own ideas. The fruit of our leadership is seen in those who follow. The fruit of leaders who don't listen is followers who don't listen. I just want to give a shout-out this morning for some of our ministry leaders. I, I just think you do an amazing job. And the fruit of what you do is seen in the fact that people follow. Like our welcome, our welcome here, our welcome team do an amazing job. But it's not just the welcome team. I just see people in the church who own it. Actually, it's about all of us. And I see, I hear stories of people saying... I came and I've had numbers of people come and welcome me, not just people with a green shirt. And I want to say that is, that is the sign that someone is leading well because you're following. They're hearing God and you're following. I want to say, well done. God has been speaking to us as leaders, been speaking to us as a church about a site in North Winchester, Hope North. 
We believe God has spoken. God has clearly spoken to us. God's going to have to open some doors, but we're going to do it because God said. God's spoken. What's God speaking to you about? Is God speaking to you about giving your life to him? Is he speaking to you about baptism? Is he speaking to you about your finances, your job situation, your neighbors, about taking responsibility? What's God speaking to you about? Jesus said this, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given and you will receive even more. Do you need to hear God this morning? The fourth big challenge of Malachi is this. People who think they know better. I just remember uh, moments uh, when Joe and Meg were teenagers, and you had those moments where they would question everything. You would say something, and they would just question. They're at that stage where they knew better. They just knew better. Sometimes we're a little like that. We think we know better. We think we know better than God. God is speaking in Malachi to people who think they know better than him. God speaks and they argue the toss. The Bible is nothing but honest. Okay, nothing but honest. In the Old Testament, there's a great leader of God's people called Moses. And God speaks to Moses out of a burning bush. It's a moment. God speaks to him and he calls Moses and he says, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. The Israelites are in, in Egypt. They're in bondage. God wants them to go back to their promise and he calls Moses to lead them. And, and he speaks to Moses out of a burning bush. God speaks to him. He hears the voice of God from a burning bush. What does Moses do? He argues the toss. Who am I? Who am I to do that? Who are you to send me? What if they don't believe me? I'm not a great public speaker. Send someone else. And in the end, this is what it says. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. We later read in the Old Testament of a guy called Jonah, a prophet, God speaks to him to go and speak to the people of Nineveh, in Nineveh, and tell them that God uh, wants them to change. And when God speaks to him, he gets in a boat and heads in the opposite direction. God is not pleased. If you know the story, Jonah ends up in the belly of a big fish. We later read that Jonah wouldn't listen to God because he knew what God was like. He doesn't want Nineveh to receive mercy. God, hear me, God expects us to obey him. Arguing with God is a dangerous business. Malachi describes, if you like, a courtroom scene. God presents his case, speaks the truth. Then he summarizes people's argument with him. And then he literally demolishes their argument. So God says he loves them, and they question it. So there's lots of times this phrase where God says, I say, but you ask. God says something, and then they agree, but you, uh, you object to it. You've got something to say. Try to undermine me. 
So God says he loves them, they question it. God refuses to accept their worship and they petulantly ask why. Everything that God says is opposed, contradicted or questioned. The people are half-hearted, defensive, skeptical and cynical, proud and disobedient. They show contempt for God. They find the things of God burdensome. They don't do what God says. They rob God of honor. God says they weary him with their words. We're not like that, are we? We never question God. We do, don't we? We all do it. We all have moments where we question. God says something. You read it in his word and you say, really? Is that true? Really, God? And actually, God doesn't mind us asking questions, but it's the heart. It's the cynical, negative, critical heart behind it. Tozer says this, A.W. Tozer says this, most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided we aren't going to do what he says. That's true. Most people have decided I'm not going to do what he says, so I just don't hear his voice. I'm blah, 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 not listening, blah, 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 not listening. Blah, 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 blah. We're like that. God's speaking. God is a God who speaks. He's speaking all the time. We just decide we don't want to listen. Are we skeptical? Did God really say? Did he say that to me? Who first says that? In the Bible, in the Garden of Eden, the first temptation, the first, the devil comes to Adam and Eve, comes to Eve and he says, did God really say? Maybe you're battling with that this one. Did God say? Is that true? Is that true for me? It says it in the Bible. Is it true for me? Did God say? Did God speak to me about that? Are we careless? Are we indifferent? We know God has spoken, but we'd rather enjoy ourselves. Are we stingy? God has a lot to say about what we do with our money in Malachi. The other day, I've... I've always thought I was a generous person. And uh, Annie and I, uh, over these last couple of months, I've just been uh, saying to her, oh, we, oh, we better bet not spend money on that. We better not. We just... And she, she stopped me a couple of weeks ago, and she said this to me. I tell you, it was God spoke to me through her. Okay? How many husbands know God speaks through your wives? Sometimes it's sharp and painful. <laughs> and she said to me, Steve, she said... She said, Steve, you didn't always used to be like that. I said, oh, what? and she unpacked it a bit, and I, I just felt, God, speak to me. I said, I've, I'm in danger of stopping being generous, becoming mean-spirited. I felt God speak to me. God speaks to us today. Malachi is written to stir us to fear God. You see, what's the problem? The problem is this. We easily lose sight of the grace of God. You see, the people Malachi is written to, they have a history. They know they're God's people. They're, they're descendant of Abraham. They came from Abraham. Abraham is called to leave his nation and follow God. He doesn't know where he's going, but he follows God. He leaves everything behind to follow God. There are people who are called to be like Abraham, their father. Abraham has many precious promises that God's going to make him, turn him into a nation and that nation will be blessed and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. They know it. These people know they're Abraham's descendants. 
And they also know that, that God says if they stop following him and go their own way and resist God, that God, uh, God will want to draw them back, but he will use other nations to do that. And if they will keep on being disobedient, they will not listen to him. And if they think they know better than him, that one day they will end up in exile. But if they turn to God in the hearts, they will he'll bring them back. And God speaks to them and says at one point that, that they're going to go into exile for 70 years. And he said at the end of 70 years, God will bring them back. These people are living in the light of all that. They have seen all of that happen. They have seen the grace and mercy of God, God winning in their hearts and drawing them back and saying, turn back to me. And 70 years later, they come back to the promised land. The, the temple is rebuilt. The walls are rebuilt. They're living, uh, they're living in the promises of God, and yet they're disappointed. And yet they've lost sight of the grace and mercy of God. Somehow they've missed the grace of God. What about us? Have we lost sight of the grace of God? We have a rich heritage. God has done many things for us as a people, but as individuals. Have you lost sight of what God's done in your history, in your past? The things that God has done in your life? Have you forgotten? Have you lost sight of the grace of God? Are his promises over you a dim and distant thing? Are the things that God has put in your heart, are they long gone? And you live disappointed, complacent. God doesn't want you to be like that. God wants you to turn to him. Maybe this morning you feel like you're in a fog. Maybe you feel you can't hear God speak to you. Just feel there's a fog around you, just can't hear anything. There's just a lot of noise out there. God says he wants to speak to you. He wants to draw near to you. He's a God who speaks. He wants to speak to you today and in the coming days. Maybe you've heard God speak to you in the past, but you're doubting. Did God really say? God wants to remind you of things that he said to you, that you know he spoke to you. Sometimes you have to stand on God's word when everything else looks as if it's falling apart. God wants us to be people who trust him. Maybe this morning... You want God to speak to you for the first time. You want to follow Christ. God wants to speak to you. God is a speaking God. God is here. He's speaking to us this morning. He wants us to believe him, what he said and what he will say to us. Finally, we're looking forward, and we close with this. We're looking forward to a better day. Here's the final thing. Malachi was writing to a people that were waiting for God to fulfill his promise. After Malachi, after the book of Malachi, there's a long silence, and the people don't hear God's voice again for 400 years, and then God speaks again. This time, this time it's different. God speaks in a different way. It's through a baby born in a manger. Christ comes into this world, the spoken word of God, to reveal what God is like. Everything changes in a moment. God is in our midst. God dwelt amongst us. God is still amongst us by his Holy Spirit. 
God came in a way that no one anticipated. Jesus came not in power and glory, but in humility and righteousness. He lived in obscurity for most of his short life. Only in the last three years was he in the spotlight of public gaze. Even then, he wasn't the deliverer that everyone expected. Roman rule continued. Jesus said it was the truth that would set people free, not the sword. Eventually, he was crucified. He was completely innocent. And yet in his seeming defeat is our victory. He died to set us free. He rose from the dead and ascended to the Father in heaven. But one day he will return again. And Malachi reminds us that that will happen. This is our gospel. Have we started to lose heart? Are we struggling to take steps of faith when nothing seems to change? Let's not... slip into complacency. We don't want to be those living on a dormant volcano. God is still the same. God has not changed. Under the surface of our lives, God is still at what? God is all-powerful. God is still doing what he has always done. You may not see it, but God is at work. And our responsibility is to get ready for what God is saying. We need to be those who peel back our ears to have ears that hear what God is speaking to us. I'm going to ask the musicians to come, come and join me, and we're going to respond to God. We're going to sing together, but as we do that, we're going to respond. I'm going to ask you to respond. If you know that God has spoken to you this morning... I want you to respond to him. I'm going to ask you to come forward as a sign that you know God's spoken. As a sign of faith, God, I'm going to take a step of faith. Maybe you don't feel any different, but you know God has spoken to you. Maybe you want to take that first step of coming to know Jesus Christ. We would love to pray with you. We'd love you to do the Alpha course that's coming up. Maybe... This moment, you know that God's spoken to you in the past and you're living in, uh, it's almost like, did God really say you're you're beginning to question, has God said that to me? And actually, God, you know God has spoken to you and you just feel challenged and provoked by it and you know you need to respond and say, God, I I choose to believe you. I'm not going to believe the lie anymore. The devil loves to question God. Did God really say? Maybe this morning you're here and you're in a fog and you... You, do, you know you need to hear God. God wants you to respond to him because he wants to come by his spirit and he wants to start to speak into your circumstances and situation. God wants to speak to you. So let's stand together. And if that's you, if you know that God's spoken to you, I want you to just come to the front right now. Right now, I just want you to come and line up at the front and we're going to get people to pray with you. Don't, don't waste time. If you're on the balcony, quickly come down. This is a moment. He's the living God. Come on, there's a lot of you I know. You just need to respond to God. All sorts of questions. I want you to respond to him. You're not responding to me. So just take a moment just to... Just let this settle, and I just want you to come forward and come to the front. 
And I want uh, some of our ministry team to come and stand next to you. Because we're going to pray for you in a moment. So Father, we thank you that you're a God who speaks today. Thank you that you don't change. And so right now, in this moment, living God, we ask you to come and speak again. Speak into individual hearts. Where people are, are, are battling with promises that seem, they just feel disappointed. I pray that you come and cause them to look to you again, lift their eyes. For those who feel like they're in a fog and they can't hear anything, I just pray that you would, in this moment, come and move by your spirit and cause the clouds of maybe depression and heaviness to shift. And Father, start to speak to them again in these days. For those who need to hear your voice for the first time, would you speak to them right now? Holy Spirit, come as we worship you, living God. Would you speak?